Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Niger again. Our next episode of Psychology Unplugged, the highlight of my week. Uh, Julie's as well. Um, thank you again to all of our followers and listeners. And uh, I do my best to get back to everybody. I know there's other people um, that emailed me and contacted me and texted that I will try and get in contact with this coming week. But it's a privilege uh, that you guys allow us into your lives, into your homes. Again, even though we're not treating anybody, we're just trying to disseminate information and give a sense of hope um, with our collective uh, knowledge and education and experience. So last week's topic was interesting because we did different careers and fields in psychology. And it was really cool how many people... Uh, responded who are in the field, who found some useful techniques and tips what we talked about, people who uh, decided they really want to pursue a career in the field. Um, I They asked if I could do an episode more specifically on neuropsychology. Uh, that's definitely something that I can do. So uh, I know we have our Instagram account. It, it's growing. Uh, I appreciate that. We're slowly figuring that out. Uh, I think I posted last night that Julie and I finally – Got our tickets to see Bruce Springsteen at the TD Gardens. Uh, I was able to find tickets, the best tickets I could, as close as we can. So we're looking forward to that in March. Um, so I think I posted that last night. But uh, collectively, I, I think one of the most prevalent topics that people find to be the most interesting, and my myself included, are the personality disorders. Um, because personality is this... this um, uh, I want to say like mythical, but it's it's more this um, invisible construct of who we are. And remember, personality is my view about myself, my view about other people, my view about the world in general, and the conclusions and the therefores that that uh, manifest as a result of of whatever those conclusions are. Um, so I, I've covered a few of the personality disorders, borderline being the most popular and the one I get the most calls about and the most requests for people to come out and do evals on. Uh, it's one of the most underdiagnosed personality disorders and actually one of the most underdiagnosed and misdiagnosed, um, being, being not misdiagnosed in the sense of being just missing it as, as a, as a possible diagnostic, um, disorder. So today, uh, in the same cluster of personality disorders, cluster B, I'm going to talk about the histrionic personality disorder. Remember, uh, cluster B is the narcissist, the antisocial, the borderline, and the histrionic. Now, I have uh, the DSM with me as I've become more organized in doing the podcasts, uh, preparing topics and making notes. And I've made several several notes um, about histrionic because uh, I think as I go through this, you'll be able to identify somebody either in your life, maybe a, a movie star or a celebrity, because the these are individuals who thrive and crave almost like a lifeblood attention. Attention, attention, attention is one of the most salient features of histrionic personality disorder. So criteria number one is uncomfortable in situations in which he or she is not the center of attention. Um, 
So these individuals, uh, they're often lively and dramatic. They, they draw attention to themselves, and they may initially charm like new people by their enthusiasm, their openness, and flirtatiousness. That's a very important part of histrionic is the flirtatiousness. But these, these qualities start to wear thin uh, as these individuals constantly demand to be the center of attention. And it can be exhausting for people who are in relationship with them. Uh, they commandeer the role of the quote-unquote, I think, life of the party. Um, and if they're not the center of attention, they may do something dramatic, like make up stories, create a scene to draw the focus of, the, of, of attention back onto themselves. So they can be somewhat destructive in social situations because it's a very again in in in, in the the cluster b personalities these are very very fragile and fragmented senses of selves um but again uh th this need for attention is apparent um they can uh they can be very flattering. They can bring gifts, um, dramatic descriptions of like uh, their physical and psychological symptoms, um, and they, and these symptoms start to almost, almost tend to get replaced each each session, season, and therapy because they want to present themselves as these complex people, and nobody can understand me. I I, I am just they're they're very not I'm gonna say flamboyant, but very. Uh, demonstrative i would say in in their clinical presentations uh it could be you know from overly dramatic to very sensitive to it's it, it's um it's almost it's really interesting to watch these individuals uh in terms of of just navigating their behaviors uh cr criteria number two their interactions with others is often characterized by inappropriate sexually seductive or provocative behavior Okay, uh, this is a behavior that is not only directed to people who the individual is in a sexual relationship, a romantic relationship with, but it can also occur in a wide variety of like social, occupational, professional relationships beyond what is appropriate for the social context. Uh, the emotional expressions are, are shallow, they're rapidly shifting attention to themselves. Uh, there's this over-concern with impressing others by their appearance, and they expend an excessive amount of energy, time, and money on clothes, style, and grooming to present themselves as, as this very uh, exotic and very one-of-a-kind. All of the, you know, talk about outliers. This is the person that you walk into the room and you notice, like, well, why are they wearing a tuxedo? Everybody's in shirt is in jeans and T-shirt. Just to see, not necessarily that is an example, just to see that's a huge, pretty obvious um, dichotomy. Uh, they fish for compliments regarding their appearance and are easily and excessively upset by any type of critical comments about how they look by a photograph and anything that they regard as un unflattering. Um, so hypersensitivity to physical appearance, uh, dressed in the nines, hair, perfume, cologne, uh, very, very... Um, if you ever watched uh, Best in Show, the couple, uh, two men, uh, they had the couple, I think it was the, the Yorkshire Terrier, 
Um, they have their kimono robes and they're running around. That's a really good characteristic or dramatization of what a histrionic personality disorder would look like. I'm not saying he had it, but just if you want a sense of what does that flamboyancy look like, that I say, you know, you can see this in a lot of celebrities. Uh, you know, look at when they do like the Met Gala and, you know, the, the ostentatious dresses and stuff like that, like Lady Gaga with the meat dress. I mean, that's what you kind of talk about is really wanting to stand out and being something very, very different from what they perceive as, as the norm because again all eyes on me all eyes on me all eyes on me I'm special I'm special and if, if you if you thwart them and they are given that uh, they go into a shame spiral but they could easily lash out at, at, at another individual who doesn't validate their per, their point of view uh, three displays rapidly shifting and shallow expressions of emotions Um so these emotions, um, you know, where they use, there's not a lot of depth here. Uh, it it's very superficial and could, and could flip on a dime. It's like we're having a conversation. Whoa, wait a minute, where did that come from? Because the emotional lability, not talking like like bipolarity, but the emotional ability is is interesting because if any slight. To the self-esteem, different than the narcissist, because this is like over hypersensitivity, uh, is is you is we really have to walk a fine line in dealing with somebody who's who's histrionic. Uh, number uh, four, constantly use the physical appearance to draw attention to the self. Kind of mentioned that um, you know clothes, name, brand, designer purses, designer shoes, designer you know. Things that you can see the tags on the outside, things that are very obvious. You know, a lot of designers have very specific, like the LV for Louis Vuitton or or Prada, or a lot of the other designers like Gucci. Um, they have very or Bali. They have very specific colors, and and those are the things that people with histrionic and when they put themselves in social situations, they're not going to be so conscientious about the tag. They may have a very expensive pair of jeans on, but you're not going to see that tag. These need to be demonstrative, uh, very very visible things that the public or whoever they're in social dialogue with are able to see. And they, they will navigate to kind of uh, seek out that you make, they're going to make sure you notice it and they're going to fish for compliments. Um, oh, geez, you know, that, you know, oh, this Rolex is just sometimes it gets too tight, almost kind of like that where they're fidgeting with it and just making a passive comment. But all the while, they know full well what they're doing. They're look, constantly looking for attention. Um Style of speech that is excessively impressionistic and lacking in detail. Uh, the strong opinions are are expressed with this dramatic flair, uh, but underlying reasons are vague and diffuse without any detail. So they talk very like like, like for example, uh, an individual with histrionic personality may may make a comment about somebody uh, as a wonderful person, but they're able they're not able to provide any specific details. So they, again, they have this dramatic flair and impressionistic vocabulary, but there's no depth to it, and they will shift the topic immediately if you, if they perceive that you are going down a path or that they are not able to really fill in the details or the gaps to support their comments or their arguments, um, and they can become really upset if you call them out on on something and and turn anger and rage onto the other person. Um, 
uh, so they're kind of characterized as like uh, self-dramatization, uh, being very theatrical, exaggerate, exaggerated sense of emotions. Um, they'll also embarrass their friends and acquaintances in public with public displays of emotions like embarrassing casual acquaintances, uh, excessive ardor, sobbing uncontrollably on minor details or minor slights of the sense of self. They're like, what, like, dude, what are you reacting like that for? That's way over over the top. Uh, Emotion, uh, sentimental occasions, having temper tantrums without really any regard for the, the, you know, the kind of the unspoken social boundaries and context of, of how we're supposed to behave. I mean, they could even, you know, have a breakdown at a funeral because it's all about them. It is all about them. It has nothing to do with what the actual, you know, situation dictates um, without any regard for another individual's pain or suffering. It's all about them. But it also comes from a very, very fragile and vapid sense of self. Different, you know, that you kind of see this theme play itself out through the through the cluster B personality disorders is of a fragmented and very, very vulnerable and vapid, meaning empty sense of self. Um, their emotions uh, they they seem to be turned on and off too quickly to be deeply felt, uh, which may lead others to accuse them of. Uh, maybe faking their feelings so they could turn on the waterworks when it's necessary and they could shut that off right away and they could turn on being happy and they could turn on being mad it's it, 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 it again this is you know akin to like you know shakespeare's quote that the world is nothing but a stage and all we are is merely actors and the histrionic is one of the best actors out there so you can see where this type of personality could serve well in certain situations like a stand-up comedian or um uh, you know, a, a movie star, a musician. It's not, again, personality disorders do not are not equated with bad people. It's just these are individuals that that are 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 can be energy vampires because it is all about them. And if it's not about them, they will they will turn their back on you and and crucify you and and make you the, the they will make you the the bastion of all of their problems. And they have a high external locus of control, and they lack insight into any part of who they are. They lack insight into their their own behaviors, into their own you know. Uh, roles in certain situations, and again, these a lot of these disorders they manifest in social situations. You know, histrionic, borderline, narcissistic, antisocial. Um, uh, seven is is suggestible. They're easily influenced by others or circumstances. So very much, somewhat like the borderline, can be very much like a chameleon to go along because they won't want to go against the grain. But even if they're going along, they're going to try and find some way to make it about them. They will make a funeral about their best friend's uh, uh, mother about them somehow. This is this is what this disorder is. Um, and they also consider relationships to married consider relationships to be more intimate than they actually are. Um, so like I said, the high degree of suggestibility uh, in their, their opinions and feelings are easily influenced by others. Uh, and by current fads, what's going on? And and again, morphing as, as I said, like the chameleon. Uh, they can be overly trusting, especially of strong authority figures who they see as uh uh Magically solving their problems, uh, they have a tendency to play hunches and to adopt uh, conventions quickly, and they consider like some relations more intimate than they actually are. Describing every into every like acquaintances, uh, my dear friend, or referring to 
you know, you know, referring they'll refer to like like medical professionals by their first name. They'll negate the doctor and they'll call, um, you know, hey Mike, when it's really like like Doctor uh, Doctor Smith. Um, you know, I see you can kind of sense it. They come like not the big on titles, but they come like I was like, hey, core. It's like, um, all right, you know, I don't really know you, but um, so they're they're, they're like Julie said, they're, they're they're very chummy, but they they you know the kind of the social fabric is you respect the education that somebody has, uh, not it's again not an ego thing, but they but they interpret relationships to be closer than they actually are. Um, these individuals also have difficulty achieving emotional intimacy in romantic or sexual relationships. Um, they act out roles of being the victim or the princess in the relationships with other peoples. Um, they can seek to control their their partner through emotional manipulation and seduct, seductiveness on one level. Um, and then at the same time, being overly dependent. So being in a relationship with somebody with dependent personality is, is, is a lot of work, I think. Not that I've been in one, but I could, you know, just from working with people who have it and working people who've been in a relationship with it, it can be very draining and very, very daunting. Dependent or histrionic? They, 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 histrionics can display dependent behaviors, oh. that overly neediness, again, fueling the self-esteem. Um, you know, they, they have a cold and they're buried under seven blankets and they need you to go to the store and get them a specific medicine. And again, they, they're the victim and they're taking on the role of, again, being the center of attention. Um, again, constant attention, they become, they can become depressed, um, uh, when they're not the center of attention. That, a lot of times that's, that's what usually brings them into therapy, um, uh, is the depression or the anxiety or relationship discord. Um, uh, and they get the high external locus of control is they're placing a lot of emphasis on their partner, you know, say an intimate partner as being the sole cause of their their problems they also place friends if there's a conflict as the other person being the sole cause of the problem and lack insight these are not these are not dumb individuals uh they crave novelty stimulation excitement and they have a tendency to become bored uh with their usual routine they become bored very quick so if you're in a relationship with a person like this you need to constantly entertain um and entertain the 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 ego of the individual and it, again it's a lot of work and is exhausting um individual they're really intolerant and they get frustrated by situations that involve delayed gratification uh they don't want to wait in line uh their their, their actions are directed at obtaining immediate satisfaction they don't want to wait in line uh you know they're gonna throw a fit at the airport if if their flight's delayed they demand they'll like i i i need to i need to be in first class this is unacceptable uh over the top behavior and again as i go through this I, I, what are you shaking your head at be quiet um, so very o over the top behavior, but again, on a constant level, not that all of us at some point don't display some of these different traits and, you know, that need for attention. We all want attention. You know, we like to be the center of attention. We like affection, but you know, when it, when it becomes your way of life and it reaches to the level of psychopathology, that's when it becomes destructive. And it is a disorder that is treatable. 
Um, it is a disorder that, that can be put into remission. It takes it takes work, but you're usually they're usually coming in with anger, frustration, anxiety, depression, often directed at someone or a group that that has been they, they perceive has been unresponsive to their needs uh, to be the center of attention. Um, uh, they, you know, they'll start projects uh, with great enthusiasm and initiative, but they lose attention very quickly. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, serious talking to me. Uh, so it's really it, it, it's an interesting disorder. It's one that is uh, very very prevalent. Um, in it's um, it's one that's is. It's like borderline is kind of it's it's pretty obvious uh, because you 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 see it uh, you see the flare you see the 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 dialogue you see the flamboyance uh, and you can tell from just the history you know they may have had you know thirty jobs in a ten year period because they didn't keep their job or they you know they weren't recognized for their accomplishments and you know they had all these projects it's it's always they 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 it's always he she them so it's really helping the individual with with histrionic personality to you know to reorient them to the back and say hey buddy take a look at yourself you know and you know you're working on social skill development and building you know a, a healthier emotional repertoire and helping them to you know understand that not being the center of attention is not necessarily the bad thing confident people don't talk about their accolades confident people don't talk about how much money they have in the bank Confident people don't talk about the cars they drive. Confident people don't talk about the the, the name brand of the, 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 the suit they're wearing. Confident people are are subtle. And a lot of people will find the histrionic some, somewhat to be initially uh, magnetic and, and mesmerizing, but they will eventually find themselves, find other people will find them to be toxic, annoying, self-centered, and pretentious. So... Um, you know, it's not really a disorder that, you know, is, is something that pursues the route of, of psychotropic medication. But again, they will present with depression, anxiety. There, I mean, there could be bipolar. There could be a host of other things. But just as the construct of personality in and of itself, um, these are really the features of, of histrionic. And it, it's something I think, you know, I hopefully I've drawn enough examples and parallels uh, that you can, you know, it's, it's not as toxic as and, and as, as narcissistic, you know, that with that, that sense of self. Uh, narcissistic being much, much, much more toxic. Uh, but there, there are the component parts to work with, with histrionic personality that are not, not necessarily there with narcissism and much like borderline um, and even antisocial, uh, you know, the cluster B's again are all about their relational disorders. Uh, you know, the differentiating effect with antisocial is, you know, the criminal behavior, but there's still um, dips and divots and, and cuts and bruises of, of the self-esteem that developed early on in childhood and I think with with history with histriotic, there's a lot of not just compensation, but a lot of overcompensation. And that was the work of Adler was you know the term compensation and overcompensation. And you know the thing with the borderline with the, with the with the histrionic is sometimes you don't know if what they're saying is true or false, 
if they're completely making it up. And I think because it's so ingrained in their psychological infrastructure, I think sometimes they don't even know what the truth is. But if you're a Seinfeld fan, you could go by the axiom of George Costanza. Remember, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it. So, what's that? I'm not giving good advice. I'm just using a Seinfeld metaphor. So it's an interesting disorder. Uh, they're, they're fun people to work with. They're very charming and, and enthusiastic, engaging, uh, but they're pretty obvious to pick out of a crowd. Um, so hopefully this episode sheds some light on, uh, I think I've covered all the cluster bees. I might not have, I don't think I don't, I don't know if I've done antisocial yet, uh, but we will get around to it. So I appreciate all the comments, the calls, the feedbacks. The best way of you know suggesting topics is is to text me, call me, or email me, and I you know some of the topics you guys have I've been able to address, which is phone calls and stuff like that. I just don't know if I could do 20, 30 minutes on, on some of the questions, but everything you guys have asked and, and uh, I've done my best and so is Julie to get back to people during the week. And that's really the fun part and the cool part is uh, having a worldwide audience that we you know we're able to shed light on uh you know a field that uh we both find uh, incredibly passionate and fascinating because people are fascinating uh as a diagnostician it's it's fascinating to be able to figure out you know what what what's going on with somebody and but also present them with with options for help and opportunities to overcome things um and as with anything uh, treatment always t- takes work uh, some things a little easier than others, um, but I think that's just the nature of this of this field. It's ever continually evolving. Uh, maybe we'll do an episode at some point on the new treatments for treatment-resistant depression, where the uh, hallucinogens and ketamine and psilocybin and uh, are making a comeback. Uh, Julie could probably do an episode on that, but um, you know, so it, it's it's an evolving field. It's continually growing. But I think these are common experiences that we, we, we all deal with on a daily basis, whether you're in the field or you're not. Um, it, it's a common universal experience, uh, which is life. So until next time, feel free to get a hold of me at psychologyunplugged at outlook.com. Get a hold of me through Psychology Today. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at psychology underscore under uh, psychology. Un, what do you want? I just want to add one more oh, thing. Hold on. Julie's popping in. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to um, linger, I promise. Um, one thing, uh, two things I wanted to say. I think... Uh, I don't know how many people remember MTV. I'm dating myself. Um, but the Cars um, came out with a really amazing video uh, called Drive. And it starred Paulina Poroskova, um, Eric, uh, Rick Okosik, Oko- um, Boston man. Uh, but um, he they filmed her she was the star of the video the video shows her in a a psychiatric institution but what it does also show is a range of shallow emotions similar to histrionic personality if you see it you'll see the shallow range and the range goes it's it's a rapid shift so the shallowness comes from not so much deep felt emotion, but a shallow emotion that can shift rapidly from one thing to the next. Um, I've worked with histrionic people. I've known histrionic people. Um, and again, it's all on a continuum. And it's just how people make their way in the world, really. Um, it's. I don't think there's, we should really not talk about so much the psychopathology of it. 
rather the this is how these people get through life and have learned to survive um, to the best of their ability at that time. Um, it's wonderful if people have insight into this because they can get better. Um, if they don't, they tend to not get better. Um, the other thing I wanted to share is really a question uh, based on so many people who have reached out to us across the world. Um, any of you healthcare providers outside of, uh, well, in, including the United States and various different states, um, as well as, um, you know, out of the country. So if you are listening, because we know you are, a lot of you um, do reach out to us and let us know. We, I feel like it would be really, it behooves us to help um, our our population, our our followers, our, our um, podcast family, to try to connect people with healthcare providers as best as we possibly can. We're reaching a broader audience. I'm so grateful. I love all of you. Even though I don't know all of you, I send you love and light. Um, I pray for all of you as well. And um, But I do think that the next level for this podcast should be about um, trying to connect with healthcare providers all over the world so that we can help guide our, our followers who are struggling or have family members who are struggling or friends that are struggling, et cetera, to actually make a real connection. Um, so I just put that out there because you have um, Cor's email and you have his cell phone. So all of you uh, psychiatric healthcare providers out there, please feel free to reach out to us and, um, and we'll see where it leads. Uh, God bless everyone. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause Julia brought it up the other day. I think we're at dinner on our date nights, Friday night uh, at five thirty, like old people. Um, <clears throat> but you know, we wanted to reach a broader audience, and I get a lot of people that will text or email, like, uh, "Want to get neuro Well, do you know anybody in my area?" And my standard answer is, I, I don't know anybody in other states. I don't know anybody in other parts of the world. But I think it'd be great if we could figure out some way to build an online community or, or resource. So if I have somebody who calls me from rural New Mexico, um, who is somebody that I need to get in contact with, I will reach out to her. Um, and, uh, you know, it would, it would help if we could figure out some way. Uh, you know, technology is not my forte, but uh, I'm one person and we're two people uh, trying to tackle an entire discipline or three disciplines of testing, meds, therapy. Um, and, you know, anybody who wants to come along for the ride is, is welcome to do that. I also wanted to figure out some way that we could do, uh, anybody technologically inclined to do maybe like a once a month or semi-frequent um like a live series, like a call-in series where we could do um, real-time. People could call in with questions with Julie and I, and we could do like a worldwide symposium. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a creative person, a big thinker, but I know there's a lot of you guys out there who have different technological skills, so if there's a way to figure out how to do that, something live and in person, I think would be awesome. Um, I don't know, we could turn it into like training at some point, but I think there's a lot of different possibilities that we could do with it as the podcast continues to grow. So Julie, want to add something else? Oh, uh, lastly, um, I, have to, I have to correct Core on um, Lady Gaga. Uh, we call her Lady Gaga, my daughter and I. Um, I absolutely, I don't know her personally, but love her. 
Um, she. Well, I like her too. Well, I don't think she's necessarily histrionic. I didn't say she was. I just you used did. The, I, I used the meat coat or something. Okay, that's just an example. Honestly, if you uh, if you haven't seen, it's five foot two, right? Yes. The Netflix uh, documentary on Lady Gaga. That's a very. It, it's it. It's literally her raw and real, and um, she definitely, I believe, has bipolar disorder and um, some neurological issues. But um, she, it, it just, she's, she's awesome. So I have to say, a very talented person. I don't think she has histrionic personality. I didn't say that. Right, Watch goodbye. the documentary, and then you, you let me know. Right, goodbye. I love her. I like. I'm a big fan of Lady Gaga myself. I'm just using the meat coat. It's pretty ostentatious. Just an example. So uh, lots of ideas, fun stuff. Um, so again, psychology today, psychology unplugged at outlook.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, psychology underscore unplugged underscore, um, and you get a hold of me directly. 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time in the United States. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, be well, and I will talk to you guys. Bye.